Well, I've been asked um, to talk about my personal devotions and my family devotions, and it's right to honor your father and obey your father. So I will do that. I do not have um, an outline tonight. Okay, this is the first night I've ever preached without an outline. I got a piece of paper here with a few things written down, like the verse I'm going to go to uh, and preach from. But that's all I have. So let's ask the Lord's blessing, and and particularly tonight, it, it makes me a little nervous. But this is what the Lord has for us. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to preach. As you said to me just a little while ago, be still and know that I am God. So, though I have to be still, I also know, Lord, you've asked me to proclaim your word. You've called me. You've separated me out. So I ask for your blessing now upon the service, the preaching of the service. I ask for your Holy Spirit to come down and fill me and empower me to preach this sermon and to talk about different things in my family. Help me to bring out only the things that I ought to. For you know, Lord, how I am. You know how I make mistakes. And also, uh, many times, Lord, uh, just just make mistakes. And, uh, Lord, if, if I make a mistake tonight, I pray you give it some humor. pray you give us a good night. I ask you to bless the sermon. Help me to know where to go, what direction to go. Give me the thoughts I need as the sermon develops. In Jesus' name, amen. Talk, uh, first of all, as he asked me about my personal devotions. This is not easy, but I, I'll go ahead and do what he told me to do. Uh, basically, uh, just try to spend time with the Lord every morning. Uh, the Lord impressed upon me this last year something I have never done before. Uh, he impressed upon me last year uh, to try to spend an hour and a half every day in prayer, every morning. Now, I would say, and I know for sure, that I have not reached that goal. All right? It, it has been... Um, I have failed in reaching my goal, but there's been many days I have reached that goal. The Lord's enabled me. Um, the majority of the days... I wake up every morning, and I ask the Lord what he wants me to do for that day. Because I may want to go out and do building maintenance, and he wants me to go out to talk to one of the new converts that I'm in charge of at our church. Or he might want me to go work on the building, and I was going to go out and work with the new converts. Or I was going to go soul winning, and he wanted me to... Um, Go talk to one of the problem teenagers in our church. So I ask the Lord every day what he wants me to do. Sometimes as he gives it to me, I have to write it down. Now you say, that's crazy. Uh, sometimes, and I don't always get exact direction, okay? And always, this is not something spooky. I ask the Lord to impress upon my heart what he'd have me to do for the day. Now, if I, the Lord impresses upon my heart to do something... And I call Pastor Morris up, and he says, I need you to take care of this and this and this and this and this and this. So I have two choices. I have to I tell Pastor Morris, and say, I was planning on doing this. What do you think about it? Sometimes I say, go ahead and do it. He says, sometimes he says, no, you need to do this, 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 this. Well, the Lord set my authority over me. 
So I'm to obey him. You say, well, you're, you're spirit-led too. No, no, he's, he's in charge. Pastor Morris is the man in charge. I'm his assistant pastor. So we submit ourselves, as the Bible says, to the higher powers. One of the, uh, one of the reasons I need so much time in prayer is because I'm such a sinner, just like you are. The majority of my praying seems to me uh, is, is a matter of confessing my sins. I know some of you folks out there, you look like angels. And uh, some of you really do. You're wonderful people. And uh, so I spend the majority of my time praying about that. Uh, that. That may be selfish. I'm praying for God's spirit, his direction and power and leading, his uh, spirit to fall upon me, to move and work in areas that I cannot work, to touch people's lives and so on and so forth. And uh, just pray about that, ask um, for different things in my life or reach certain goals that I have in my life. Then I pray for my family. Uh, I pray for my family. That is number one. Okay, a side note here. My number one ministry and the number one ministry of every uh, preacher or pastor or full-time worker, I believe, is his family. If you lose your family, if I lose my kids, I have lost, I believe, half of my ministry. And if my kids make it, then what a tremendous blessing they'll be in my ministry. And, and I, if there's anybody here, you already lost kids, uh, God, be, you know, God help you and give you grace to go through that. But God help us not to lose our kids as full-time Christian workers. Uh, we should be on our face begging God every day to help our kids to live for Him and saying, Oh God, help Ashley and Samuel and Hannah to make it, Lord. Help them to go all the way for You. Help them to serve You all the days of their life and to love Thee and help me to love Thee and set the example before them. And help them not to fall into adultery and fornication and so on and so forth. We need to be begging God every day for our children. Get ourselves straightened out and beg God for our children. We need to. And for our wife. okay, And for God to keep her and protect her and put a hedge about her. And sometimes when I've been praying for my wife, and I know some of you other men, this is nothing new, God has said, look at this in her life. You need to help her out with this problem. And God's pointed out things I never even thought of. I just popped in my mind something. Boy, this and this and this clicked. And I saw my wife was going down a road that needed to be corrected, and we corrected it by the grace of God. Things like that happen. The Lord uh, may put into your mind something to deal with your children. Don't forget it. It's, hard. it's easy to forget it. I've caught myself praying for my children. God said, you need to deal with this, remember? You forgot to give them a spanking for this. Okay? If you can remember it, they can remember it, and they need a spanking for it, even if it was yesterday. All right? Uh, no, they're not very happy about you coming in there. And I, sometimes I have to say, look, I'm sorry. I forgot about this yesterday. I was going to give you a spanking, but this is what you did wrong. I make them uh, confess what they did wrong, say, what did you do wrong? Yes, I did this wrong. Put your hands on the bed, and then the rest follows. So uh, I pray for my family. 
I go down through and I pray for uh, different things. I pray for our political leaders. I pray for my, uh, after I pray for my kids, I pray for my other family, um, my parents, and then Joy's parents. Sometimes I don't, don't always pray for them, but most of the time, and so on, so on and so forth. Um, and one of the things that I think we sin in not praying for is our pastor. You need to pray for your pastor every day. Every day. Uh, the spiritual battles that he faces are just unbelievable. Pray for your pastor every day. If you're a missionary, pray for your pastor. Uh, whoever he is, uh, we're depending on them for spiritual help. So pray for them and so on and so forth. So I just, uh, one of the things that we need to do is if, if we're ministers of Jesus Christ, there's a lot of ministers here tonight, and that's what this is all about, this meeting, is to pray for the people we minister to. And uh, this got me under conviction. My uh, person that helps, I have a man that helps me in my teen group. His name is Mr. Keene. He is a man of tremendous character and leadership. Uh, puts me to shame. Puts uh, most of the people in our church to shame. Uh, just a man who has tremendous character. And he, came, he, he prays, and he said, we, you know, he kept praying this prayer that really got me under conviction. He kept praying, saying, Lord, thank you for Pastor Harvey, and I, I thank you, Lord, that he prays for all our kids every day, all the kids in the teen group. I thought, whoa. And then, uh, well, I'm glad he thinks I pray for him. And uh, that went on for a little bit. I got under conviction. I said, you know, he's right. I need to try to pray for these kids every day. By name. We need to pray uh, in my in my. Uh, in fact, I just remembered a family I missed, uh, the Leach family. Pray for the Leach family, the Lewis family, the Smothers family, so on and so forth. And I call out the kids' names. I have about 25 of them and try to call them out by name. God forbid that we should cease in praying for these people. It, it just varies. As you know, You sometimes you pray for individuals and sometimes you just pray generally, depending on the amount of time. Um, it, we have. I try to read through the Bible every day. I'm a slow, uh, through every, every year. There's one of those slips. I try to read through the Bible every year. Um, I wake up, and one of the things I pray about as I sit down to read my Bible is where the Lord wants me to read. Now, I, I'm just telling you what I do. It's, it may seem strange. I, try, I read through the Bible once a year, but a lot of times the Lord says, you need to go over here to Psalms 106. Or you need to go over here to Proverbs. I just feel an impression of the Lord to go to Proverbs some days. And uh, usually I end up reading Proverbs and Psalms through uh, probably uh, many times throughout the year. I don't know how many times because the Lord directs me back to that. So I just follow the Lord's leading really in my devotion life. Um, that's about it. Um, for that, I, I just don't uh, can't think of else. I pray for my uh, pray specifically for Bush and Cheney, uh, our political leaders, other people, um, people in our problem, uh, people that are problems in the church. I get, they get prayed for, and uh, and uh, they attitudes and things of that nature. So that's what I do in my uh, personal devotions. So uh, I've fulfilled that commitment. The second thing is uh, he wanted me to talk about is my family devotions. Listen, this is important. I am in charge of the new converts in our church. And uh, the other day, just, just the other day this happened to me, one of the new converts came up and he said, uh, Pastor Harvey, he said, uh, he said, I'm really struggling. He'd just been saved a year and a half ago. He said, I'm struggling with having family devotions. I was shocked. 
He's not going out soul winning yet. He came out a couple times and he's real scared. I uh, don't understand why. He's a real estate agent. And, uh, but he is scared to witness to people. And uh, he said, I, I, could you tell me what I need to do for family devotions? What do I need to do? I tell you what, I was glad that I was have family devotions. Because <laughs> if I wasn't having them, uh, I would have said, well, um, I don't have them. Do you have any integrity? That's what I said. So uh, if you're in the ministry, you better get prepared because people are going to ask you. And you better have your family devotions. Otherwise, you're going to hurt their spiritual growth. You understand, if you don't do it as a leader, they probably won't do it. They won't do it. If you emphasize it, they'll emphasize it in their lives. If you don't emphasize it in your lives, they won't emphasize it in their lives. So, um, I proceeded to tell them the things I'm going to tell you tonight. Um, we have a Bible story book. My kids are young. Uh, my next plan, after I'm done with this book, I've got about 20 chapters in this book left. There's probably uh, uh, 200 chapters in it. We're just about through it. Uh, my kids are uh, 8, 6, and 3. And uh, Ashley, Samuel, and Hannah. But uh, actually, it's, yeah, it's Ashley, Samuel, and Hannah. That's how it is. And uh, oldest to youngest. And so... Um, I'm going through this Bible story book. It's King James based. I read them a little chapter. It usually only takes five to ten minutes to read that. It's very short. Sometimes varying on the commitments and um, the responsibilities and duties I have that day, it's real short. Sometimes devotions are five minutes. Sometimes devotions are 30 minutes. Sometimes they're, uh, the max is probably 45 minutes. Okay, It just depends on the day. So I do a variety of things in our devotions. And there's one reason and one emphasize I have for my kids. Now, this may not be very spiritual, but this is something I want my kids to enjoy, the Bible and the things of God. Listen, the reason I'm interested, I take a great interest in the Old Testament, though I preach mostly out of the New Testament, I take a great interest in the Old Testament because Dad, when we were kids, he, does, he, does, he did what I did, uh, for a while, and he sat down when we were real little. This is what he did, and we all sat around on the couch or whatever. And he took the book and he just read us. And I remember trying to look at the pictures. Okay, I didn't, I didn't get most of the stories. I was real little. I'm trying to see the picture, so I try to hold up the picture, and that's what most of them want to see, anyhow. Especially Hannah. She said, uh, you know, usually after I'm all done, I've been holding it up there and trying to read it. She usually says, after I'm all done, and oh, phew, I can put that thing down. She says, Daddy, can I see the picture? All right, so we got to let her see the picture. And she asked, who's this, and who's this, and who's this in the picture? And uh, not everything's perfect in those Bible story books. I have to explain it to them. I change things. Uh, Ab live, I, uh, I change things uh, in there as we go. One of the other things uh, we do, we always pray together at the end. And let me just say, if you are not having family devotions... Uh, do what I was told by a staff member who uh, we were discussing just a little while ago there at, the, at my alma motto uh, where I went from there. Um, they, they said, just start five minutes a day. That's what I did. Start five minutes. That's all it takes. Just five minutes a day. Right after dinner, he said, five minutes a day. Because I had this thing where I could have my personal devotion, but it's hard to have family devotion. It's not easy to get it started. So five minutes a day is what I would suggest. Um, 
So uh, I, I have the Bible story. We pray at the end. Um, usually I ask for a prayer request. We usually pray for uh, people that are sick in the church. That's the majority of our family prayer devotions. We usually have it um, right before or right after dinner. Okay, I wake up early in the morning. My wife wakes up later in the morning. All right. If I wake up at 5.30, she probably wakes up at 7.30, 8 o'clock. All right. Uh, just whatever. She, usually I go back and wake her up with a big kiss. Hey, by the way, I'm looking forward to, to flying into Pensacola. I'm going to get off that plane. I've already got it planned. First thing I'm going to do is go wrap my arms around that beautiful woman and give her a big smooch right in front of everybody. I can't wait. It's going to be exciting. So uh, get back to my wife. So uh, that's going to be fun. Yes, Jacob, just keep dreaming. And uh, so uh, it won't be long now. So uh, where was I? Yes, I was kissing my wife. And uh, so we have this thing with family devotions. And uh, one of the things that we do that's very unique and different, and, and some of you are probably going to think I'm a wild man and a crazy man, um, I'm just going to use it anyhow. So we, we are pretty unique in our family devotions. So one of the things that I do to my kids, or to them, or for them, whatever way you want to look at it, is I tell my kids that we're going to have a little demonstration, and I grab hold of the piano chair that's there. I'm just going to use this thing and uh, for a demonstration. And I tell my kids, get something in your hand. I don't know why, just playing around. I think of uh, they marched around the walls of Jericho. They had the trumpet or something in their hand. So I tell them to get something in their hand. This is something I learned from my dad also. We used to sit around the house, and we would say, I will not smoke. I will not smoke. You remember that, Linda? Or were you too young for that? Okay, she remembers it. I will not smoke. 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 You know, kids, we didn't know what it meant. And uh, smoke what? So, uh, you know, I will not drink. I will not drink. And then he would tell us this story about, uh, and I've done this to my kids too. I do, we just do all kinds of different things in our, in our family devotions, all kinds of fun. You, you, you used to tell us what it was like to drink. So he used to tell us what it was like. I don't know if he ever drank it out, but uh, he would tell you, tell you, you put a drink in your mouth and you drink it and it burns all the way down and it makes you feel like you're on fire and on and on. He'd get in this scary description of what it tastes like and, and what it did to you and it kill you and make you go to the hospital. So anyhow, that, that, that's helpful. Okay, that's helpful. I grew up, you know what, I never smoke or drink. Amazing. So what I do with my kids is I, I get to give them something. We say, you get something. They know what's going on usually. And we walk around and we say, I will not smoke. I will not smoke. I will not drink. We say, okay, I said five times. I will not drink. And, watch and you know, they think it's great. Woo, you know, I will not drink. They, yeah, they, think, it's, they think it's wonderful. They, they, they like it. Action, you know, do something besides sit at the dinner table. And then we say, I will not commit fornication. I will not commit adultery. All right. Uh, those are things they should never commit. Amen. I do not tell them, I will not lie. <laughs> I don't make them say that because they're going to lie upon their lies. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it, it just doesn't work. I can't tell you why, really. You psychologists, you can figure that out. I could ask Pastor Morris. He's, he's really good at that psychology stuff. And, <laughs> He, he is a tremendous counselor. I'm not yet. 
He's trying to train me, but uh, that's one thing we do. A little bit crazy, a little bit different, but uh, that's one thing we do. Um, we memorize Scripture. We memorize Scripture. We are now memorizing Psalm 7. O Lord my God, in Thee do I put my trust. Save me from all them that persecute me and deliver me, lest he tear my soul like a lion, rending it in pieces, while there is none to deliver. O Lord my God, if I have done this, if there be iniquity in mine hands, if I have rewarded evil unto him that was at peace with me, if I have delivered him that without cause is mine enemy, let the enemy persecute my soul, and on and on and on. I believe we are, the majority of us, are in verse uh, 11. Now for Ashley, <clears throat> she's way ahead of us. And, and uh, this is a challenge to me, okay? I'm on verse 10. We're struggling to get verse 10 down. And, and Ashley's every, every meal about, can we go to the next verse? <laughs> yeah, okay, she's waiting for us. Uh, she's just going. If you got kids, you know what I'm talking about. If you do any kind of memorization... These kids just eat it up. And I'm, I'm, so I, what I do is after I'm done there, I go to my office in the house there, and I have to write it out to try to get it. So i got to try to catch I'm not letting these kids show me up. And, uh, and I make sure they stay with me. Uh, and uh, we make them stay with us. That is something we just got going um, this last year. There's something the Lord really impressed upon my heart. Uh, because I am the one that is responsible for their spiritual growth in life. I am the absolute responsible, not the youth director that they might have, not their Sunday school teachers. Their pastor has some responsibility there, but I am ultimately responsible for my children's spiritual growth. And as I'm sitting here telling you this, I'm thinking of how the devil will attack after preaching this sermon. It scares me to death. I am scared to death for the spiritual, uh, tender, uh, I'm not using the right word, but the spiritual progress in the condition of my family. It is a tremendous responsibility. I hope we take it seriously. As church leaders as full-time Christian workers. Did you know that the devil wants to destroy your children's lives? All the time we hear about pastors, children. We hear about them falling in sin over and over and over again as a preacher. Uh, uh, sometimes uh, people come by and say, you're a pastor's son? You know, I hear all the time out of visitation is if we really get into it and I give them a testimony how I got saved and talk about how my dad was a Christian and he was a pastor, they always say, you're a pastor's son. Boy, you, you, were, you were one of the wild ones when you were growing up, weren't you? Pastors, sons, and daughters have a testimony for that. Full-time Christian workers. I was praying um, and asking God to help me with my children, I was begging God to help me. I, I knew I had some trouble with my children, particularly right after we left Fairhaven. I came to Trinity. I was very concerned about the wild woman and about Mr. Quiet and, and Mr. Thoughtful and so on and so forth, the different personalities in our family. 
and uh, Mrs. Happy Face Hannah. You know, they're all different in their characters and built. She's just like Joy, always happy. Uh, little Hannah. She's always got a smile and uh, very happy. So, you know what happened, though? I, as I started to pray, something happened. The people of our church... Now, our pastor has is, is, uh, been there 30 years. He's been pastor in Trinity Baptist Church. What, he has a clear testimony in our, in our area. Uh, what a tremendous impact. He's been there 30 years. You don't hear that very much. You don't hear it. It's far and few between. You hear a pastor who's been there 20, 30 years. And uh, he never had any children. His head deacon told me that his, that his family was blind and slandered and on and on and on because the pastor didn't have any children. Very interesting. He told me this when I came there. He said, but his kids all made it. They all made, all made it spiritually. They all in independent Baptist churches, serving the Lord, not perfect, but doing something. He had five boys. Rowdy, rough, tough boys. Wouldn't want to mess with most of them. And uh, I'm just rambling on here. But when we got there and I was praying, all of a sudden the people, many of the people in the church, I'd say about three or four families, I shouldn't say many, rose up and they started tearing my kids apart. I mean, your kids, you see, they ran in the hallway. They went to the bathroom twice during the service. And, of course, they were sick that night and had some problems. I need to go. But, boy, they just started tearing my family apart. In fact, because of the problem, I moved towards the back of the church. Okay? And Pastor Morse said, look, I want you to, he said, you got this problem. And Pastor Morse, um, he let me know I did have some problems. Say, hey, I asked for it. I prayed for it. You better watch what you pray for if you don't want that kind of criticism. We need to take rebuke, though. I turned that around. I allowed God to work that. I'll tell you what, God worked in my heart through that. And I used that criticism and turned it into a stick that beat on my children and some training that worked on my children. Did you know that in every element of ungodly, wicked criticism, almost every element, I better say that, there is a small sliver of truth. You know, people say you're you're a dictator as a pastor and you just march around and give out orders. You You probably need a little bit more love. There's probably, there, yes, they're wrong, but there's probably an element there that needs to be dealt with. I'm just giving you some things. I'm talking about some of the things that dealt with, God's dealt with my heart over this last year and uh, year and a half. And so uh, I just want to say God used that as, as we prayed and worked. That, that, we sing songs at our family devotion. I try to sing psalms and hymns. Isaiah 40 is some of my favorite, is one of my favorites. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So that's really what we do in our family devotions. I hope for some reason you get a blessing out of that. Let's go to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. Verse 1, it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, when you pray, say, 
Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive our sins, as we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. But deliver us from evil. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot arise and give thee. I say unto you, Though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needed. And I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. If a son ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he ask him an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? And I'll stop there. Did you notice... Something that just leaped out at me as I was reading. It says, because of his great opportunity, it goes on down here. And it says here, it says somewhere in there, that it talked about our total depravity. Ye being evil, ye then being evil, verse 13. That's what we are. You know, we're just sinners. Wicked, deprived sinners. I hope some of you get that in your head, you teenagers. It'll humble you to realize that you are just a rotten, wicked sinner and are capable of homosexuality or uh, lesbianism or stealing or killing and will end up in a penitentiary if if God doesn't do something in your life. You better remember that. And stay humble because the Lord can destroy you and allow the devil to destroy you in just a few minutes. Uh, And just take a few minutes of the devil, get you out somewhere and completely ruin your life uh, and completely mess up your life. It's never right to do wrong. I've been trying to teach that to my teen group lately. They haven't got it yet. I bring them in and I sit them down. I just sat this girl down the other day and I sat her down and I said, uh, you're supposed to be with a group. Were you with the group? Well, I uh, this and that and this and that. And her parents were sitting there. I said, the rule is, is the rule that you're supposed to be with the group at all times, not off by yourself. Yes, that's the rule. Were you with the group? Well, listen, no, no. Yes or no. Listen, it took, it must take me a half an hour to get her to say, I disobeyed. The reason that is is because we don't really believe that she didn't really believe in the depravity of herself. She didn't believe she was depraved. She didn't think she was capable of sin, I guess. Why is that we're like that? Why is it we can't take rebuke sometime? That's not my sermon. It, it's in verse here in verse 9. I say unto you, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be open unto you. The Bible says here, ask. And it shall be given you. What a sweet, wonderful passage this is. What a wonderful passage. 
It says ask. Have you been asking the Lord lately? He's not answering it. This is a continual process here. This is something that's ongoing. We don't just ask God and say, God, I've got 200,000 miles in this vehicle and I need a new vehicle. God, can I go out and buy this vehicle? And you feel a definite leading. This is not what you need to do at this time. So you come back, okay, Lord, I got 210,000. Can I now go out and buy a vehicle? You didn't feel any leading. Uh, So then you start praying, Lord, I need this kind of vehicle. I'd like this color if you wouldn't mind. I'd like these kind of wheels if you don't mind. This kind of engine. I don't know how you pray. Um, You can pray specifically. Hey, the Lord uh, says ask. Ask. Don't be afraid to ask. Ask and you shall receive. Ask and it shall be given you. Just keep on asking. Just keep on Asking and knocking, it says. It shall be given ye. And God knows my heart. I'm not saying this for pride. We went to Trinity Baptist Church. They, uh, I didn't ask him what a salary I was going to get just before we came. He, he told me it was uh, two, a little over $200 a week. And I thought, well, that's better than $100. So uh, we went there to Trinity. He did not know that my wife was expecting. I did not tell him for a reason because I thought, well, he's going to think the church is responsible to take care of this man's, uh, this man's birth and, we, and they would have felt like they had pressure to uh, take care of it. I didn't have the money to pay for it. I had a good job and I was leaving. That job had good insurance. I was very nervous about it. But uh, in, in the sense of I want to take care of my family, I was nervous in the sense of I didn't know if it would work out. It's my first time out in the ministry. And I wanted to go there and be a success for the Lord. We went out, and it was amazing to me what God did. Listen, I, eat, I ate better then. I don't understand this. I ate better then than I'm eating now. And I'm making twice that now. Okay, I don't understand that. It's amazing to me. Maybe I'm not praying as much. I don't know. I'm not praying and asking. But uh, I do remember the freezer was empty. Okay, the refrigerator was getting empty. There was some responsibilities and some problems that had come along financially, and no one knew about it. So I started to pray and say, God, uh, my wife came to me, and she said, now you know the free- freezer's empty. Joy very seldom talks. Okay, she's a wonderful, sweet uh, lady. Uh, Never had a knockdown drag out with my wife. She's that kind of person. It's not because of my sweetness and niceness, as you can well guess. She's just a sweet, wonderful lady, and that's her personality. Uh, very submissive, had godly parents, particularly her mom, set a wonderful example. She's just like her mother. You know, ladies, your daughters will be just like you. If you fight your husband, and oh yes, you submit in the end, But you've got to fight him and you've got to put your two cents in and act like he's stupid. You know what? They'll put their two cents into their... The the probability is they'll put their two cents in and they'll fight their husband just like you fought your husband. They'll be just like you. You better be submissive. Joy came to me and uh, told me that about the freezer. So I said, let's get down here and just pray. I said, what would you like to pray? She said, well, I would like to have some turkey. All right, let's get down here and pray for some turkey. 
So I said, okay, Lord, we need some turkey. Would you mind giving us some turkey? It was five minutes. I got up from praying. I think that was Friday or Saturday night, maybe Monday night. I can't remember. Tuesday night came. I was going on visitation. We have Tuesday night visitation. I went on visitation. And something that is a policy at our Tuesday night visitation, our pastor's in charge. I submit to him. And uh, something that happens, a little bit unusual, he tells me to... Uh, I'm the odd person. If there's an odd number in the thing, in the, in the group, I go out by myself. Okay, yes, I know that's not a good policy. I absolutely try to avoid it and also submit to my pastor. Um, I probably stuck my foot in my mouth by saying that. Um, but I went out that night. I was the odd person. Kind of odd. All right. So I went out by myself, and I was driving in my station wagon I had. The car that my wife hates. And so I was driving in the station wagon. And uh, I was going out and I was praying, Now, Lord, where can I go? Should I go to Walmart? I'd like to go somewhere safe. I'm, I need to go by myself. And this is what the pastor's commanding me to do. Uh, and I was going out and I was thinking, maybe I could go to a store or something. And I was driving. I had no idea where to go. I did have an area, but I didn't want to go to that area by myself. And I was driving by the store called Dell Champs. As I was driving by... I felt an impression of the Lord to turn in to Dell Champs. I said to myself, that's crazy. I said, Lord, Lord, I, I remember praying, Lord, I'm supposed to go on visitation. I was praying my eyes open, okay, because uh, I was driving. I'm driving along, and I'm, Lord, I'm supposed to go on visitation. I, I am committed to going on a visitation. Pastor Morse thinks I'm going on a visitation. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be going on a visitation. The Lord said, just turn in here to this store. I, I just felt an impression. It, now, it wasn't words like that. But I, I okay. And I, in fact, I drove past it. I said, Lord. Now, listen, I knew in my head. The store was closed. They had just gone out of business. It was closed. And I said, Lord. I, this is crazy. I said, look, Lord, there's a closed sign up there. I was talking to the Lord. I could see it from the road, big orange, closed, out of business. You know, and I'm, I'm thinking, okay. So I, I went by it, I, I, and finally I was under such uh, uh, just a, an impression of the Spirit. I said, okay, whatever you want, Lord. I was honestly, I was cocky about it. I said, whatever, Lord. Okay. Turned around. I really had a bad attitude about it. And I thought, this is I'm thinking this is stupid. So I pulled up to the door, and uh, I pulled up to the front of the store. I got out. I looked in the store, and I see everything is empty. The whole store was empty. Nothing there. I didn't see anything. To my eyes, I couldn't see anything. I said, so I turned. I started turning around. I said, see, Lord, I told you. This is crazy. Why am I standing in front of a store? I really, I was, I was, I had an attitude. And I, please don't talk to the Lord like this, and I don't, don't do it very often. But I was just trying to, I was being honest and saying, Lord, this is, doesn't make sense. Why am I here? As I was turning away, I remember I saw a man. Oh, there's someone back there. Huh, what am I he's doing? And I could see this guy. He was standing by a freezer, and he was picking up turkeys and putting them on this big thing. And this big cart, he's just throwing his stuff out into this uh, cart. He's pulling out and throwing it out into this big thing. And I thought, oh, well. You see, Lord, he's not, how, what do you want me to do? Knock on the door, Lord, and uh, make an idiot of myself? And, uh, and I thought, no. 
So I thought, okay, I didn't know what to do. So I went and got in my car, and I said, I'm out of here. I put the thing in the gear, and I'm saying this in my mind. I started leaving, and the Holy Spirit of the Lord said, no. And I felt an impression I need to go around behind the store. It's, eight, it's about 7.30 now. And, and I'm thinking, I've got to get on visitation. I've got to go. I've got to make this commitment. I've got to go. Lord, I don't have time for this. This is, uh, and, and look, listen, I wasn't, didn't have any good spirit, and I didn't understand because I'm a sheep just like you are. And so finally I said, okay, I'm going to the back of the store. I went around the back of the store to make a long story short. As I pulled up behind the store, this guy came out the back door with this big thing. And uh, so I thought, okay. And as he came there, he started taking these things, and I looked, and there was turkey after turkey in this big thing. And all of a sudden it clicked. You dummy. That's what you prayed for. So I got out of my car. I said, I'm probably going to scare this guy to death. It was pitch black back there. I said, I don't want to, <clears throat> excuse me, sir. And I'm in a suit. And I'm also arguing with the Lord, saying, Lord, it's not right for preachers to go garbage picking. <laughs> I'm telling this to the Lord. I'm telling him all kinds of, Lord, this isn't right. I'm in a suit. I'm, I'm, for, I'm representing Trinity Baptist Church in the garbage, Lord. This is not good. If Pastor Morris finds out about this, I'm probably fired. Okay? It, it doesn't matter. I, I'm, that's what I'm thinking. All these things are going through my head. You know how you think. And so I thought, well, <clears throat> I said, sir, <clears throat> I was just uh, wondering um, what you're doing with those turkeys there. And he said, uh, oh, he looked at me surprised. He said, he said, well, I've taken all I wanted, and they told me to empty all the freezers out. He said, you just, he said, you, you want these? I said, sure, sure. And, uh, you know, I, I, and, uh, I said, yeah, that'd be great. And uh, he said, well, here they are. Just take what you want. He said, I got to go back and get some more. Listen, I came home with, if I remember right, my wife's here. She'd know the exact amount. We figured it up. It was 100 and 80 pounds worth of turkey. 180 pounds. Listen, my, my, I made two or three trips. I, I went home and I unloaded and I said, hey, we got some poor people in our church. I'm changing clothes. So I, I took the clothes off. I took the preaching clothes, the visiting clothes. And the whole time I'm still arguing with the Lord. Well, I should, maybe I was supposed to go visit. And I look, oh, it's 830. Forget it. I'm going to get turkey. And uh, I went around to the people in the church. I did not tell them where I got it from. I was very discreet. I didn't tell any. I, they, I don't think I still haven't told them. Okay? I don't want them to be humilified because their pastor, uh, their assistant pastor had to go out and pick turkey. Uh, out of the garbage, okay? Um, the Bible says, ask and it shall be given you. You know God still answers prayer. That's, that's what I want to tell you about that. God still answers prayer. And we think, oh, you know, God can't do this or that. You know, God answers prayer. Ask and it shall be given you. I remember my wife specifically praying for turkey. Time went by and the turkey ran out. A whole year went by. We ate all that turkey. I can eat a lot. And by the time we were done, we were sick of turkey. Listen, we had, we had eaten so much turkey, it's come about coming out our ears. And, uh, and by the way, it wasn't just, uh, I, I remember it was about, I think we got 17 whole turkeys, and then we got, I don't remember how, but the rest of it was in these rolls of turkey. It was very nice. It was, it was just the way we needed it. 
I mean, there was uh, sausage, turkey, all kinds of different variety of meats. So time went on, and we ran out of that turkey. And as time goes on, I need to hurry up here. Uh, we were out of meat, and and uh, we got. To, I said, "Well, honey, my wife came to me and said, you know, we're out of we're out of turkey. Everything's about gone. I was still making about the same amount of money." And she said, "We need some more meat. What do you think we should do?" I said, "Well, I guess we could pray about it." And we both looked at each other and we said, "We're sure not asking for turkey." <laughs> So, listen, we prayed for steak and, and beef, amen? And uh, we, we prayed for uh, some ground beef and a roast. I prayed for roast. I was praying for some different stuff, lots of beef. And uh, I, I prayed for deer meat, all kinds of stuff. I had taken this group of volunteers. Uh, every year I reward this, my group of teens if they... Uh, if they serve the Lord, they read their Bible and pray every day, and they uh, go on visitation, and they work the bus routes, and uh, they, I have miscellaneous. I go help them at the widows' homes. We go uh, to their houses and mow their lawns and do whatever needs to be done. People are sick. The girls make cookies and that kind of thing. It's a special group of volunteers in my church. I told you about them earlier. And uh, I take them on a trip. It happened to be I took them on a trip up to uh, Tennessee this year, uh, that, that year. And uh, we went up there. When we got there, my sister told me, she said, now, be, right before I left, excuse me, she told me, bring your cooler. I've got some meat I want to give you. Now, the, we had just prayed for the meat a week before, but I, it didn't really click. Okay? It did not click. That's how we, we just pray and we go on and we forget about it. I'm thinking, it's my responsibility to feed my family. I'll make it happen. Okay? That's, that's just normal. It's the right thing to do. And so we, we go up there with the teens. We're going whitewater rafting. It's a great trip, uh, except I had to leave my kids at home. I don't like that, and I had to have a babysitter. But nevertheless, we made the trip. Everything worked out fine. And we, got, we were just about ready to leave. And she, he said, she, my sister said, Steve, uh, did you know, uh, you, you remember I told you bring cool. Did you bring cool? Yes, I stuffed it in the van. To make a long story short, she said, bring that cooler here. We fill that cooler. Inside that cooler, we put about... 50 pounds of steak and roast. She said, now, would you like some more? And I said, look, no, I don't want to be greedy. I really, I, I, I'm the kind of person, I don't like people to just give. I kind of, I was to get new in the ministry, it's kind of hard to swallow that thing, okay? Uh, submitting, you, you men, maybe been there. That's hard to humble yourself and just take it. So I said, okay, well, yeah, we could use some more. I knew we could use some more in the next year. And she, I said, but we really we don't need any more. She said, but look, she took me down there in, in this uh, place, in this little building, and opened there was freezers. I think there was three of them stocked full of, of ground chuck and all kinds of anything, any kind of beef you want. make a long story short, she said, here's some garbage bags. We filled up garbage bags. We, we got so much food. Listen, I told the teenagers, uh, you know, move over. Here's some beef going right here next to you. You hold this, you hold this 100 pounds of beef. I mean, we had beef, and uh, we had all, I, gave, I got back, and I fed a good portion of the church. It was a blessing to go around and, and drop it off, and uh, I was able to tell them where that came from. Uh, just a blessing. There was deer meat in there, all kinds of different stuff. Bacon. You know, what you ask for is what you get. What you ask for is God gives you what you ask for many times. He'll give you exactly what you ask for. And, and if you don't ask for nothing... He won't give you nothing. He won't give you a thing. You don't ask for anything. Seek and you shall find. 
We need to seek and find the will of God. We need to seek God and seek His face and seek His presence and seek for His Spirit and His wisdom and His power. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Knock. We need to keep knocking. When God answers prayer, we need to keep knocking. When God doesn't answer prayer, we need to keep knocking and asking. Uh, This was a tremendous blessing this week to me. I have been praying that God will give me uh, work certain spiritual things in my heart that I know I'm having trouble with. And you know, God gave me two of those things this week. He spoke to my heart. The brother back there spoke on some things that just just, uh, hammered me and spoke to my heart. Brother Renee said something. Other people have said some things that, that the Lord, and some of it I don't even know what's in the future. I don't know why God's speaking to me about that. But I know there must be something coming that I needed that message. I mean, God said, you need that, because I had it in my devotions that morning, and he preached it that, that morning also. Uh, God's trying to tell me something. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. That verse really rang a bell this week. Ask and you shall receive. We need to ask God and He'll give it to us. We need to ask God to change our children. You know, if you are not praying for your children, if you are not begging God for God to do something in in the Lord and interceding through Him to do something for your children, it won't happen. Probably. You better be praying for your children. If you're not, I believe you're sinning against your children. God forbid that you should sin against your children and not praying for them. You should be naming them every day. You should be naming your pastor and your your staff here and Brother Hammonds and praying for them every day. God forbid that we should sin in ceasing to pray for these people. We must pray. We must ask and knock and seek and beg God for Him to do something in the lives of our family and our children and others around us and the missionaries. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. I'm done. I just uh, tried to give you tonight what the Lord wanted me to give you. I hope uh, it was a blessing to you.